All right, Em, I got to warn you because when the research team at Parcast lets us know that an episode is going to be frustrating when many of our episodes are already frustrating, oh, uh, you got to think it means something. So I want to warn you, Mm -hmm. today's episode will be a little frustrating. We'll try to decide whether a young servant took the fall for her wealthy boss or whether she was a willing participant in witchcraft and perhaps both. Mm. It sounds like drama. It sounds like tricky drama. And it also sounds like I'm going to be frustrated. Can't wait. (laughs) There's also a mysterious end to all of it. But regardless, the name Petronia Demeath is one we should all know. And maybe she should be a bigger cult figure in the world of ritual. So maybe we're doing our part to put her name out there. Yeah, let's help her climb that ladder. Mm -hmm. Welcome to class, everybody. (laughs) Time Time to learn. everyone and welcome to Rituals, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm Christine Schieffer. And I'm M. Schultz. Every week we'll explore the evolution of spiritualism and the occult through stories, practices, and the impact on modern culture. We are discussing Petronia de Meath. That is as close as we're going to get to me saying that properly, but we are finally putting her name back in the history books. Very excited to be of service to Petronia. Mm-hmm. I've heard that this will be an angering episode, and I'm ready. I'm feeling hyped up. I've got the energy. So let's scream about it, I suppose. All let's right. crack into it. There's a new class of blockbuster drugs. Drugs like Ozempic. They're changing bodies. And all of a sudden, just the weight starts falling off. Fortunes. It just got too expensive. They're just bank breakers. And industries. There was a lot of excitement. There was a lot of skepticism. The impact of these drugs from business to health is just beginning. From the journal, Trillion Dollar Shot. Find it in the journal feed wherever you get your podcasts. Here's a question for you. Have you ever ratted someone out, say, uh, participated in being a narc, so to speak? Coming in hot with the questions this week. I figure you said you had the energy (laughs) and I said, well, let's test it. (laughs) I feel like if I knew it was going to get me in trouble, then... Yes, I would tell on somebody because I didn't want to get burned later by proxy. But Mm -hmm. I think for the most part, I was very much like, you know what? I'm going to keep my mouth shut because I also I was a kid that I don't know if I was as much of a troublemaker. But anytime I did get in trouble, I was so desperate for nobody to rat on me that I think I was like, maybe karmically, if I don't rat on them, like they'll have my back later. Quid pro quo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Unless you're doing something like insanely unethical, then I usually will just kind of let people go about their ways and keep my eyes open and my mouth shut, if you know what I'm saying. I think I'm definitely much more of a tattletale than you are. Mm -hmm. And I think that just comes with my rule-following nature, maybe. But I know there have been times where you've said to me, if your husband calls and says, is Christine with you, I'm going to say yes, even if you're not, to protect you. Which, by the way... Maybe say no, because it probably means I'm missing. Oh. <laughs> Not that I've done something terrible. This is what I'll say. I'll go, hmm, why do you ask? That's what I'll say. <laughs> why do you ask? Yeah. And so it's so funny. Like your first instinct is like, well, I will protect you no matter what you've done. And I'm like, I don't want to get involved in any sort of, no, keep me out of it. You know? I see. I'm willing to get into the little drama if it's like, 
I feel like, uh, I don't know why. I don't know what my deal is. When I was younger, I was definitely more of a rule follower, but I think it was because it was a combination of having in uh, a helicopter mom and who really knew how to use a guilt gun, by the mm. way. Like she was very good at like, if you don't tell me, like she might as well have just like threatened me that everyone I know and love will die. Like it was Whoa. a very heavy weight that she'd put on me of like, you better tell the truth all the time. That's so funny because my mom always said, I'm going to lose my green card if oh! you do X, Y, or Z. It didn't even matter what it was, but she would say, I have two strikes on my green card. You do one more thing and I'm getting shipped out of this country. Wow. A therapist dream. And uh, she used that to her advantage. Yeah, she is that. She still says that. And I'm like, mom, I'm an adult. Like, I'm in my 30s. This doesn't, it doesn't hold the same weight that it used to, this threat. But she did milk that. Mm -hmm. If my mom had the ability to use a line like that, I think she would have. But no, I think because (laughs) I was so scared to break the rules when I was younger, I think by the time I got older, I was like, I've already done that. It's time for something new. And so I've, I was still like a good person. Like I never like did anything that was too rule breaky, but I certainly wouldn't rat on somebody unless it was like super necessary. No. Okay. Well, based on that or going off that, I have another question for you, which is, would you ever take the fall for someone who broke the law or broke the rules or or have you in the past? Yeah, I have. But it was like... I'm I'm like, no, <laughs> no way. I didn't do it. Don't put me well, in trouble. Well, it depends on how much trouble I'm getting into. Like if I'm just going to get like That's scolded, fair. I'm like, okay, I'll take the heat. Like... Whatever. But I mean, Mm -hmm. if it were like a real problem and like I was going to get either put in jail or like lose a relationship over it. No, I wouldn't. But there were times in like high school where like I was allowed to go to parties and my friends weren't and I would just let them like blame me when their parents caught them later. Just be like, oh, say I dragged you out of the house. I don't care. Like things like that. Oh, it's like I would take the fall if it was going to be like something I had to just do a quick apology over and then like everyone moved on. But I don't know about taking the heat for someone who broke a law. (laughs) I don't know about that. Hmm. Hmm. Intriguing. What about you? Uh, I'm taking notes over here just in case I ever need to give someone a call. If you ever need to tell Blaze I did something just to uh, get yourself out of an issue, I'll take it. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm not. I'm a big baby. I'm sort of like, if I didn't do it, I don't want to get in trouble. Uh, No, thanks. I didn't do it. Don't drag my name through the mud. I feel like the level of drama that would be caused from getting involved that keeps me from either doing it or not doing it. Yeah, I think it also depends. I mean, I my child is a baby now, but when she's older, I'm sure I would take the heat. I mean, I've watched enough episodes of Law & Order SVU where I know people will protect their children at all costs. So I imagine I would be more willing to throw myself under the bus, so to speak, on her behalf. But, you know, we haven't gotten there yet. So that's nice. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, see, I don't know if I would do that for anyone. <laughs> yeah, but I'm only basing this on all these TV shows where parents do kind of do this. I, I don't know yet, but I imagine. It's interesting. Like you would do it out of maternal instinct and I would just do it because it's like a Tuesday. So. Oh, true. Yeah, true, true, true. Different things cause it, I suppose, for us. So. Hmm. Well, do you know anything about Petronia Demeath or her boss, Alice Kittler? Ever heard of him? No. And I feel bad about it, especially since you framed this early on as they should be written about more or heard of in history. And it's like, oh, man, I fell for it just like everyone else. And I I missed them somehow. Well, so Alice Kittler, I do know that's the name that's been kind of passed down through history, whereas Petronia ended up kind of getting 
swept to the wayside, mm. if that makes sense. Yes. So Alice Kittler did make it through the, the history books. Gotcha. But Petronia got kind of left behind. So I had heard of Alice Kittler, and just like you, I had no idea about Petronia, and it's kind of sad because she made quite a sacrifice. So mm. let's get into the, the nitty-gritty, shall we? Yes, please. All right, so we don't have too much information about the life of Petronia de Meath, but the way she died is pretty significant to the history of witchcraft and trials. Pretty classic that the way she died is is on the record, but not anything else about her life. That's pretty standard in these witchcraft Sounds right. stories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she was actually the first Irish woman to be burned at the stake in November 1324 for the crime of heresy. Oh, okay. So it wasn't the first execution for heresy, but her trial was the first time women practicing witchcraft were treated as an organized group. Mm. And that group was actually led by Petronia's very rich boss, Alice Kittler. Okay. The mob boss of this group, apparently. The boss. The big boss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big guns. Petronia was a servant of Alice's in the city of Kilkenny in Ireland, and Alice had first gotten married when she was 17. And by the time the year 1316 rolled around, Alice was on her fourth marriage when Ooh. Petronia came to work for her. Okay. So the fourth husband of Alice ended up getting really sick, and he thought that somebody was perhaps poisoning him. Oh, okay. And right. his kids believed that maybe it was his wife, Alice. So Okay, I see the beginnings of the story now. Yeah, we see the pattern emerge pretty quickly. We've done this story enough times. Also, I'm sure that somehow the other three husbands will get brought into this. <laughs> Did they all also conveniently die or something well they had all passed away so you know Oof. on the one hand it was th the 1300s but on the other hand alice is a witch obviously perhaps <laughs> she knew how to use poisons we don't know but uh -huh. back then if you knew how to make or use poisons it probably meant you also practiced witchcraft and so this was all kind of lumped together sure. so when Alice's husband died, as I said, her previous three husbands had also died, she started being investigated by a bishop for her possible use of poison and sorcery. Uh-huh. Okay. Got it. Yeah. And this is where things start to go, let's say, off the rails. <laughs> okay. So this bishop became obsessed with trying to take Alice down for being a witch. Mm. It reminds me of that Keanu movie, John Wick, where he's trying to avenge his wife's death and uh, sorry, spoilers, but, <laughs> you know, it's like just this like single minded mission. Tunnel vision. Had. Tunnel vision trying to take Alice down, essentially. Take Alice down. He spent a huge amount of time trying to convince the higher ups at the church that she needed to be arrested and tried. But the problem was Alice was well known and had a lot of influence in town. And so the higher ups at the church stopped him and they stopped him to the point that they even got him arrested so that he oh. would just leave Alice alone and stop going after her. Oh, my God. That says a lot if the church is, like, pro-keeping <laughs> yeah. this woman alive and she's not a witch. And out of jail. Yeah, exactly. And so when he was arrested to kind of keep him away from Alice, she actually had the opportunity. It gave her enough time to escape Ireland. And so <sighs> she Jeez. Fled. Yeah. Okay. Got it. This guy is, like bananagrams about he is on a mission <laughs> yeah wow but the bishop was not going to be stopped by a little something called geographical distance because he was convinced there was witchy behavior happening in alice's home 
And since he now couldn't get Alice because she had fled the country, he turned to the other folks in her circle, including her servant, Petronia de Meath. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And this is where the story becomes uh, tragic, pretty tragic. Okay. Petronia spilled all the beans. <gasps> oh, I bet those beans were not even the truth, by the way. Something tells me these beans were spilled under duress. Under duress, you might say. Yeah, well, uh, hmm, I think you're on to something. Up next, Petronia Demeath tells all to the bishop about Alice Kittler and her group of witches, but it comes at the greatest cost. And by the way, whatever happened to Alice? Well, I don't like where it's heading, but I think we're about to find out. Greed, revenge, lust. Murder investigations often pinpoint why someone has been killed, but not necessarily who did the killing. Every Tuesday on Unsolved Murders, meet the victims, suspects, and investigators of the most notorious criminal cases in history. Part traumatic podcast, part old-time radio show, Unsolved Murders transports you to the scene of a crime, its ensuing investigation, and every attempt to solve the case. You'll soon discover that the murder isn't always the most shocking part of the story. Follow the Spotify original from ParCast, Unsolved Murders. Listen free only on Spotify. We are now at the point where Petronia has been taken in. For a quick recap here, we're in the early 1300s. There is this wealthy, well-connected woman named Alice Kittler, and the local bishop was convinced Alice was a witch who was practicing rituals in her home with a group of other women. The bishop tried over and over to arrest Alice, and at first, even he was put in jail. He was arrested to keep him away from Alice. But finally, the church sort of caved and said, okay, fine, you can arrest Alice. You clearly have it in your mind that this is going to happen no matter what. So they finally gave him the go-ahead. And by this point, she had fled Ireland. So it was like he was so close, and nope, he missed his chance. He instead arrested 10 others who were allegedly associated with Alice's witchcraft, including her servant, Petronia Demeath, who is the subject of today's episode. This guy really is just like upsettingly, I would say, I don't know about being a stalker, but certainly is so riddled with angst over this person that is now just willing to just go after associates. Yeah, it's like, give it up. Find a hobby. Learn to crochet. Yeah, find a different hobby, actually, because this hobby is not it. This yeah. one's really toxic, you know? While her boss was a fugitive, Petronia was put on trial in June 1324 as the leader of the witches. Sort Whoa. of, like, took Alice's place in this horrible grand scheme of things. Yeah, like, if you were so obsessed with Alice, like, wh what made you decide that this random person was the leader of the group? Or you oh, just... let me tell you. Okay. It's thought the bishop might have labeled her the leader because she was an unwed mother. And who better to take the fall than somebody who is in unfortunate circumstances and probably has enough on their plate already. But why not make them the target? Yeah, it was very, very easy to do when all of a sudden a poor woman is clearly <laughs> unloved enough by men that she's uh, 
She, or she's a, also she's a mother. Oh my gosh! But she's by herself, so she must forbid. be sinning. Oh gosh! Alice and her group of witches had been charged with abandoning the church, appropriating rituals from the church for their own nefarious reasons, including getting rid of people they didn't like, aka Alice's four husbands. Mm-hmm. And they were also accused of animal sacrifices, making potions, and casting spells. Meanwhile, Petronia is taking the fall for Alice as the leader. She's sort of the impromptu leader of the group, according to the bishop, even though it's just because she's an unwed mother and because Alice isn't there to take the fall. Great. As we know from previous episodes, in order to get someone to admit to witchcraft, there was, there's no better way to say it, some disgusting abuse that took place to elicit these confessions. Uh, yeah, and I have a feeling this is just a every run-of-the-mill witchcraft story yep. where the same thing's about to happen. Pretty much. The bishop had Petronia repeatedly tortured. Mm. She was whipped and beaten until she confessed to the charges I mentioned earlier. Petronia admitted that Alice was, in fact, the leader of the group and that Alice was the most powerful with sorcery than any of the others. Again, I know this is obvious, but keep in mind, she is, quote unquote, confessing all this under duress because it's what they want to hear. Yeah. Also, I wonder if she was even saying like, oh, Alice is the strongest of all of us because Alice wasn't there and she was trying to protect everybody. Yeah. It's sort of like she's not here. Why not throw the blame back on her at the problem to begin with, the one that you were targeting to begin with? You were already so obsessed with her. Please go keep seeking out the person who fled so all of us can be like, safe. Just at least leave us out of it, you know? Yeah. What, truly, what did we do to you besides yeah. knowing her? Wrong place, wrong time. Do you think Alice even knows that this is happening? Like, she fled and, like, did any of this information get back to her? About I wonder. I do. Because, I mean, obviously it was not... <laughs> the case where you could just check someone's Snapchat story and be like, oh, oh shit. I can't believe what's <laughs> happening over there. Yeah. I feel so bad. Like, who knows? Maybe she went away and just never knew what she had sort of inadvertently caused here. I wonder if she ever even knew that she would be written in history books, but like her r- random assistant back home, yeah. like sacrificed probably her life for Alice and Alice yeah. just has no idea. And she's going to go down in history for it. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Pretty wild. So Petronia also said that Alice and the other witches were in cahoots with demons, specifically with one demon named Robin, son of art. Okay. So. You know, that's very specific. I'm sure that took a lot of coercion to get that out of her. Mm -hmm. Robin, this demon, was known to take the form of a cat or a black dog, but usually was a tall man who had, quote, carnal knowledge of Alice Kittler. Mm. Yikes. Yikes. I don't like that. Nope. And Petronia said, yes, the group did perform sacrifices to the demons. Again, this is just what they wanted to hear out of her. Cannot be said enough times. Mm -hmm. The demons also, apparently, according to this quote-unquote confession, advised them on making magical candles and ointments using animal and human parts. (sighs) So really writing, sealing her own fate, but there's really no other option at this point. I mean, we've talked about this. It's like a lose-lose situation. It also, like, all it does is she's just trying to save her neck, but she's also inadvertently, like carrying on the stereotypes of what witchcraft looks like and she obviously that's not her fault like she's being like tortured and she's just saying whatever comes to her mind but i used to wonder like why do people have these stereotypes of witches and it's like well they were beating people and whipping people until they would just say anything and all that stuck it's just i feel so bad this poor woman did absolutely nothing and is now all of a sudden just 
having to write a narrative to save her own skin. Yeah, right at the center of this mess. Even though they had taken in these 10 people associated with Alice, there was never anything really... Like, it's not like they found evidence, like they found human parts in her house or it it just was like, oh, we blame Alice for this and she's not here. So let's just get these 10 people and then beat them until they confess. I mean, it sounds like they knew that she had four husbands and they all got sick and that was their only proof. Also, she could have just had some really bad luck and was Mm -hmm. like in love four times and all of them died way early. And now you're just like bringing that up to like either re-traumatize her if she were there to hear it or like maybe this bishop like wanted to be with her and she fled like we have no idea what her side of the story is but it seems like nothing witchy was happening that they have really no concrete evidence to have even started this no there wasn't i mean the only thing that they had was that allegedly her fourth husband had said he thought someone was poisoning him. And so I'm sure that set into motion all sorts of opinions. Uh And if his kids thought she was up to no good, I'm sure once he died, they probably took that and ran with it. But you also have to remember, like, her first wedding was at age 17. So, like, she was very young to begin with. And then, like, who knows how old the men were. I mean, you know, a lot of times there were those massive age gaps. So it's, I mean, obviously unfair to say, well, her partners all died so she must be in carnal relations with a demon like it's just a stretch but big leap yeah here we are i guess Mm. and then there was the big reveal petronia commented on the deaths of alice's four husbands oh okay hey okay so we were ready for this conversation yes she confirmed that magic was used to make them sign over their fortunes to alice or her son and then they were killed oh And under the law, evidence gained under torture was allowed. So they took all this, of course, and said, well, she said it happened. And Petronia was convicted, despite, once again, being forced to say all of this. I mean, all they had to say was, oh, did Alice kill all her husbands with magic? Mm. And she just had to say yes. And that was enough to say, look, she confessed to all this and she admitted what was going on. It's just very tragic. You can't even think of a worse lose-lose situation of either die by being tortured or be tortured until you say something and then you'll probably get killed anyway. And then get killed, right. So just die or die. It's a very horrible cycle that we've seen over and over again in these stories. Yeah. Well, Petronia, like I said, was convicted based on this evidence that they had gained during torture. But again, that was admissible. So she was convicted. And unfortunately, Petronia was burned at the stake in Kilkenny in November of 1324. Very tragic end. Mm. Wow. Coming up, the legacy of Petronia is constantly overshadowed by Alice Kittler. But what became of the wealthy witch of Kilkenny? (laughs) Mm, Would love to know. Petronia de Meath's execution in November 1324 made her the first person in Irish history to be executed for the crime of heresy. Her trial also became the template for more future witch trials, great, and executions, great, across Europe and America for centuries. So almost a domino effect here. Mm -hmm. It's not clear what happened to the others in the group that were also arrested, 
And what's even sadder is that most people refer to the story as the trial of Dame Alice Kittler, and they leave Petronia's name out of it. So she's yeah. often not even recognized for that sacrifice. I mean, you even said that you had heard of Alice Kittler, but you never heard of Petronia. Mm-hmm. And Petronia is the one that went through all the suffering. Exactly, exactly. It's been written that Alice Kittler has been called, quote, an evil sorceress, a temptress, a gold digger, or a victim of the battle between church and state, which, to be fair, I don't disagree. Clearly, she was being targeted and put through the ringer as well. But if we're being honest, Petronia was the one who took the heat for Alice to be any of those things and ended up paying the ultimate price, pretty much. Yeah. So for what it's worth, this episode is dedicated to Petronia, the sacrifice she made on behalf of her wealthy boss. And... To top it off, this is going to be an unsatisfying ending, but we have no idea what happened to Alice Kittler. It's a mystery. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So then it really makes me wonder if she ever heard about what Mm -hmm. happened. Yeah, yeah. If she even came back from Ireland or, uh, yeah, I guess we'll just never know. It's also interesting to think maybe she did hear what was going on and for obvious reasons said, well, I'm staying away from that mess. (laughs) Like, I don't blame her for if she wanted to start a new life or change identities, that's not something I would be surprised by. I think we don't probably want to do the same thing. I don't blame her either. I just, I wonder if she lived a life with or without guilt or with or without knowledge of what came from the people who knew her, like to just leave and oh God, it's really too bad. I don't wish that guilt on her, but I also, I feel like Petronia at least deserves for her to know what happened. Yeah. Yeah. You'd think so. Yeah. Well, Em, that's a story of Petronia. And do you think Alice and Petronia and the rest of them were actually practicing witchcraft? Or do you think this was just kind of a a targeted attack by the church? I mean, maybe. There's truly no proof that they were practicing witchcraft. So, I mean, it's really just, I have no idea. Yes or no, I guess. But no, I feel like it was definitely just a targeted attack. I would love to know the story behind the bishop and Alice's history. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. were they together or something and, and the bishop wanted more or Alice wasn't interested or was he just like hounding her because he wanted attention and from her and she, she wasn't offering it to him? Or like, where did he get such a passion for trying to get her, you know, taken care of. I mean, as a bishop, he wouldn't have been in a position to be romantically involved with a woman. So I imagine. And yet he was chasing her down. I feel like he was. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like he was not following his own rules at some point. Maybe he was using that energy towards something different and it was just trying (laughs) to attack her. Yeah, I don't know. And I mean, we said it earlier, but if the only evidence they had was that her husband's died, one of them said that maybe he thought he was being poisoned. Hmm. I mean, in that case, like maybe this story would have just turned into like a good old fashioned true crime, true crime. story. I was thinking you know? the same thing. I was thinking, what if along somebody, and I'm not, <laughs> this is all just conjecture, but maybe somebody did kill the husbands and it was just outright murder <laughs> or poison yeah. and not witchcraft, so to speak. Yeah, maybe the bishop did know, which then wouldn't involve all 10 of the other people in the household. It just doesn't add up, but it's pretty tragic. Yeah, I was going to say maybe the bishop did know and then tried to like avenge him or I mean there could have been any story he could have also just like not liked her you know like it could have been any story so who knows he could have been bored and doesn't know how to crochet and found this hobby instead which is so sad he could have been a a man and at a time (laughs) where the patriarchy was even worse than now so like (laughs) he just felt like it I guess so there's no way to know no I don't think they were practicing witchcraft and if they were I don't think they 
successfully killed a man or four because of it. And I don't think they deserved any of this despite what they were doing or what they were practicing. So, you know, exactly. end of the day, it's tragic no matter what. If Alice killed her husband, it was like on her own. I think if there was her committing murder, this still falls more into a true crime situation and somehow witchcraft got tousled up. I think maybe because if she poisoned him, they just ran with the word poison and turned it into potion and just decided Mm -hmm. that witchcraft was involved. Who knows? Yeah, and and like, again, we don't even have any proof that she killed her husband. It's just like, we don't even have proof of that. So it's Mm -hmm. tragic no matter what. Yeah. Well, on that note then, that would probably indicate that Petronia took the fall for her boss, which is just extra sad because she really had no choice. It was sort of wrong place, wrong time, wrong position. Like the worst collateral damage that you could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Really sad. And to think she was like a mother. And Oh, yeah. Well, you said it already, but I wonder if Alice knows that all these people got involved in her mess. It wasn't even her mess to begin with. And her narrative, everyone just got sucked in. It was very weird. Yeah, yeah very sad. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week with another great episode. Information on today's episode came from Headstuff, Brooklyn Museum, and Accused British Witches Throughout History by Willow Wincham. Remember to follow Rituals on Spotify to get a brand new episode every week. And you can listen to this and all other episodes of Rituals for free exclusively on Spotify. And if you like this show, follow at Parcast on Facebook and Instagram and at Parcast Network on Twitter. You can find me at The M. Schultz. And you can find me at Xteen Schiefer. Thanks again for listening, and we will see you next week. Rituals is executive produced by Max Cutler and is a Spotify original from Parcast. It was created by Max Cutler. Sound design by Kristen Acevedo with associate sound design by Jamie Ryan. Research by Sapphire Williams. Fact checking by Haley Milliken. It's produced by Kristen Acevedo and Jonathan Ratliff with production assistance by Ron Shapiro. We're your hosts, Christine Schiefer and M. Schultz. Lack of evidence, poor police work, clever criminals. Whatever the reason, some murders remain unsolved. Every Tuesday, Unsolved Murders explores the facts of a real-life cold case. Part dramatic podcast, part old-time radio show. Join the ensemble cast of actors as they take you on an exhilarating journey through the crime scene and its ensuing investigation. Follow the Spotify original from ParCast, Unsolved Murders. Listen free only on Spotify.